this is opposing a matrix. You have uh, Dave and Brian and Jim here today. Eric's got the day off. He's got some chores to do. So it'll be the three of us today. And today is the 3rd of August, 2020. And uh, wow, we're getting started just right about on time. See, miracles do happen. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, so, gentlemen, hey, how you doing, Brian? How you doing, Jim? Doing good. I'm here doing in, uh, good to be here in the People's Republic of Michigan. Yeah, well, he's you're in the People's Republic of California, and I'm in uh, the Oberfuhrer run uh, People's <laughs> Republic of, <laughs> of Oregon. Well, I tell you, I'm going to use that one so much. Oberfuhrer, man, that that goes in so many different directions. And you know what's cool? Our audience actually gets this. A yeah, lot of people probably exactly. wouldn't, but our audience does. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's there are so many parallels with what our society is going through today, and what 1930s Germany was like. I'm telling you, I yeah. uh, if, if I could find uh, stars that say Jude on them and um, and putting them on all my clothing, I think that would what a, boy, what a signal that would send to people. Of course, they're going to ask me why. I'm just going to say I'm getting ready. You know. You know. Go ahead. I've got my feelers out. I'm going to all my favorite antique places to. Uh, and especially there's one in Dearborn. It was one of the biggest, most awesome uh, antique places. I've dealt with them for 20-some years. And they used to carry the the stars, literal real stars that the Jews wore from, you know, Europe that were they were made to sew on them. I've got all the Nazi stuff, but I didn't have that. And I really wanted to get one. So I went into this place with my daughter um, a couple weeks ago on my birthday. And uh, I come to find out, you know, I we're chit-chatting with, with the owner. And I come to find out that she's a born-again Christian. She's aware of all the stuff that I'm aware of. Um, man, we had an awesome time. You know, and just she was saying that she's really getting a lot of flack because she sells a lot of the Nazi stuff. She sells it because she doesn't want people to forget the atrocities and what happened then and how it relates to today. But, you know, in this world of political correctness, I mean, you know, my gosh, when I was selling my book at, at shows, I had to put a little sign that, that showed an arrow that said bad guy pointing to my book with Hitler on the cover of my book. I had to do that because people look at the book and they'd look at me and frown. And, you know, it's like, no, he's not on there because I like him. He uh, He's on there because he's probably the worst human being that ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah. He's associated all this stuff. So it's just crazy. But we had an awesome time. I, I ended up spending like two hours, you know, talking to her and her. Uh, she was telling me about her husband and everything. It was it was really great. They're they're born again Christians. They love the Lord. Um, what a great place. So she's putting feelers out for me to find me one. She says, you know, they're, they're just almost impossible to find anymore. I said, well, if you find one, I don't care what price I, I really want to get one. Right. Um, I wanted in my museum, you know, to me, it's important, very important, but, uh, yeah, it's a good idea, man. You know, it's almost like we, as a church, as God's people, we're going to have to start taking a stand. This pandemic thing is going to last forever if we don't. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, what it's like where we where we live. And Brian, you were you were talking about um, what conditions are like down in California. Um, I know we're going to get into our subject matter here soon, but uh, why don't you go ahead and, and tell us what you told us earlier about uh, when uh, your overfuhrer down there says that uh, we're gonna we're gonna open up. You're gonna open up. He, I just caught the last part of his newscast a couple hours ago, and I heard him say a Labor Day 
Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas will be pretty much like it is right now, that they'll expect things to open up completely until at least that uh, after Christmas. Oh, okay. Um, so, and it's, I mean, it's the earliest. So he said last week that schools were going to be closed until 2021, the fall of 2021. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, he says Christmas, I'm not holding my breath. It's just, I think a lot uh, depends um, on the election. And also the, the atmosphere down here, at least where I live, uh, two or three weeks ago, a month ago, we were told, actually longer than that, you only had to wear your mask if you were in a building with other people or um, you know, a restaurant or, or wherever. But if you're outside walking, riding a bike, jogging, exercising, you didn't have to wear it. Two or three weeks ago, the governor said it's mandatory wherever you go. And now there's cities down here passing laws. They're not really laws because you have to vote on them. They're by the mayors and governors, um, city officials. Uh, You'll get a ticket. You can get a ticket um, for getting um, not wearing a mask in some of the cities. And the ticket's fifty dollars the first offense, and it goes up to like a couple of thousand dollars, and eventually jail. Oh my! So, God. and then, um, um, Loretta and I, my wife, we were out um, out today having lunch and just kind of enjoying the weather in this little area of Redondo Beach where we live. It's a beach community, and there's this, this street with shops and restaurants down both sides, and there's people eating out on the on the patios. And there was a, a month ago, 90% of the people didn't wear a mask outside. Today, we were one of the few, and we got dirty looks wherever we went. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People were like eyeballs. And I, I got a kind of a feeling like during the tribulation, how it's going to be, how people are going to turn in their family members and parents who don't take the mark right. and, um, and, and who do those things. And there's even a verse, I think it's in Matthew, Jesus talks about, you know, uh, you know, son against father and, and, and family members turning against each other. I could, I could totally see that now, 100%. Um, and we had, we had a woman about two weeks ago come up to us and basically scolded us because we didn't have a mask on. And really? we were standing, yeah, we were standing 20 feet from the nearest person and we were together just talking. And so, that's the atmosphere down here. Not everybody's like that, but I noticed in the last week or two, more and more people are wearing masks everywhere. And I, I've seen people wear in cars wearing masks, shields, and gloves by themselves driving a car. <laughs> so that is so people, funny. Um, yeah. So not everybody's like that, but a lot of people are scared. And and you know, to our listeners out there, when you're scared of something, look up. And find it, look it up, get your phone, get your computer, and look up while you're scared of what, whatever you're scared about. Research it. Right. And when you research this virus, as you guys know, we talked about in depth. Um, yeah, it's killing people. Is it an actual pandemic? Not in my opinion. I don't see people dropping on the street like the Black Plague. But yeah, I, I've heard of people being sick. Uh, but in my circle of friends, I haven't found anybody that has actually died from it. I, I know a couple have gotten kind of sick, like the flu, and then recovered. I guess my point is, it's real, but it's being blown out of proportion to control us. That's what it's about. 
Right. It's not, I think it even goes beyond the election. I think when the election's over, I'm not sure this is going to go away 100%. I hope it does. I think it is. But it's a trial run by the, the deep state, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, the one world order. And it worked. People obeyed. Yeah. And, and we thank God for a program like this that if you're listening today, you're going to get the truth. You're going to hear uh, things that are truthful from all, all of us. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I would encourage anybody, uh, at least what I say, look it up on the Internet and research it for yourself. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, you know, they're, they're doing that up here, too. I, I, um, a few weeks ago when we uh, went to uh, Freddie Myers up in Albany, um, I had to go get the car. And I know other people have heard this, but I don't think I've, you were on, Brian, when I talked about it. But um, I I was walking to get the car, and the, the sidewalks around Freddie Myers, they're a good 30 feet wide. You know, <laughs> they're nice and big. And, and so I kept close to the building, and I was walking. This woman with two little girls, all wearing masks, pulled her girls almost into the into the um, the parking lot and onto the blacktop because I didn't have a mask on. You know, and I'm right. like, oh my goodness! You know, I feel like a leper in Israel. You know, <laughs> carrying a sign with me that says leprosy or something, or or you yeah. know, I really did. I felt like I, you know, I'm no, like, I, wow, this this is terrible. This is and and. Uh, and and you know you know you get shot the dirty looks every once in a while and uh, you know and every you know I I can't keep quiet about things and I I think I embarrass Barbara a lot but we uh, we'll go out and I'll say something like uh, for instance we went into a yogurt shop today and we got right to the door and forgot we didn't have our masks on so I, Barbara yeah. I had I had one and, or she gave it to me and I gave it back to her and I said let's just go back to the truck and get mine and. Um, and so I come back, and there was a few people walking by, and I said, "Oh, I said, I said, I, I had to go back to the truck and get my Kate Brown cloaking device, you know, and, and things like that." You know? and, and um and I'm not keeping quiet about this, you know. I'm sorry, but and if somebody wants to engage me about it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say, prove it, you know, prove it to me that 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 virus can't get through this mask, you know, prove it to me that when you breathe into this thing for eight or ten hours. You, the condensation doesn't go through and create a river for any virus that would want to swim upstream and come to the inside of the mask. And then you push the mask against your nose or something to adjust it, and bam, you got it, you know? So, And what about your eyes? You can't cover your eyes, and your eyes are mucous membranes, you know, all around them. Mm-hmm. You know, so what are you supposed to do? And now, now then they're going to mandate that we have to wear face shields. Face you shields know? and goggles, yeah, or goggles. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like, come on, this is this is bordering on ridiculous anymore. We got to start thinking with a clear head and and get and you know, especially the politicians have to take the, extract their heads out of their backsides, you know. And, yeah, and there you go. And it's uh, it's it's just getting ridiculous anymore. Thank you so much. I just got a nice big cup of coffee that'll keep me going. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, we. We're experiencing it here. Um, we had now. This is a funny story, kind of. Now you think a doctor would know better. Now either this doctor knows that wearing a mask does, isn't important, or he just wanted to, you know, create create a ruckus. And by doing this, he ruined it for everybody. Because at work, we were able to take our masks off at the nurses' stations, 
um, if we were in the break rooms and stuff like that. But now well, what they did is they had a meeting and this one doctor showed up and refused to wear a mask in the meeting, although everybody else had a mask on. So what was the big deal? What did it matter? And uh, <clears throat> because he did, he refused to wear a mask, now everybody's got to pay the price for it. You know, we got to wear them everywhere. And, you know, we really welcomed the times when we were able to put them down below our nose, you know, and breathe normally and or take them off totally and, and not breathe our own um, garbage back in, you know. And mm-hmm. um, so just to show you, just remember when you were in school and you'd make a noise and the teacher said, who made that noise? And nobody would say anything, mostly because you were scared, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the teacher says, well, since you didn't, all of you didn't say anything, you're all going to suffer. You know, and that's what this is like. I feel sometimes I feel like I'm a little child in grade school again that's being punished because of what some people do. And historically, quarantines have been for people that were sick. Yes. You know, yeah. uh, my mother told me stories about when polio was going around. If one person in the family came down with polio, everybody stayed in the house and they put a sign on the door, quarantine. You know, they didn't make everybody else in town stay in their houses because that one person had polio. You know, that would have been ridiculous. And after a while, you know, the, uh, Dr. Salk invented a polio vaccine and everybody started taking it and nobody came down with polio anymore. And they have something called now the herd immunity. I, you know, you've probably heard of that, uh, different spelling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so the more, the more that people catch COVID, even if they don't come down with the symptoms, um, the more this, that society, the less that society is going to get it because of the herd immunity. And uh, unless we let this thing reach herd immunity, it's going to, it's just going to keep getting worse. You know, um, I, yeah. I, frankly, I don't think it's as bad as they're saying. Um, I think it's, it's maybe um, one, one thirty second as bad as what they're saying. And uh, they, there was something on Facebook the other day. Somebody went in for, a, I think a fracture or something. And on the top, it says admitted uh, into ER for fracture. And it said diagnosis. It said COVID-19 diagnosis. And the person's like, yeah, but I don't have that. And so what they're doing is these hospitals are getting big kickbacks if they're treating somebody with COVID-19. So everybody's everybody's got COVID-19. Every single person that walks into the hospital has it, you know, Um and it's starting to get borderline ridiculous. It really is. And if you can't, if you can't see past it, if you've taken that blue pill and you can't see past it, you've taken that blue pill with the Kool Aid, you know. And and I'm sorry, you're beyond help. You know, <laughs> you really are. Right. <laughs> anyway, I'll I'll just shut up now. But uh, no, that's good, Dave. No, you're right. That's good. I, you know, I'll get a lot in trouble if I go any farther. <laughs> go ahead. Admit. Michigan is the same thing. Um, we have Gre- uh, Gretchen von, I call Gretchen von Whitmer, because um, she's acting like a Nazi. Um, you know, it's it's so funny because, you know, God had given me a dream. And I was praying with her for her salvation. Not that I'm going to literally pray with her, but the Lord was telling me, apparently, she's mine. Start praying for her salvation. And I did that. Well, right away, I, I lost supporters from my ministry because I posted that. Right, man. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't say I loved her or that I was supporting her or I'm going to vote for her or anything. I'm saying this is what the Lord directed me. I'm going to be honorable and do, you know, and be obedient, and I'll start praying for her, her salvation. And I ask other people, you know, to do the same. Well, 
the thing is, you know, we're we are told to love and respect our fellow Christians, which we have a hard time doing. Mm-hmm. How are we going to love our enemies? Right. Gretchen, you are my enemy. There's no two ways about it. Um, but I gotta, I gotta pray for you. I gotta believe, you know, the dream that I had. God knows what He's saying. He's, and, and so I've been praying for you. But your life is unraveling. You are getting out of hand. You are acting like a doggone Nazi. You're crazy with this crazy stuff. You're not even doing any further research on your own, and you're a pretty smart chick. You should be able to be capable of doing some of your own research, and you're just trusting all of these political figures. Plus, you're being baited. You're in the world. You don't know the Lord. I get it. I understand. But you actually stand in a position not only to baby me, Biden's um, vice president, but I think you actually sense that Biden is going down. He's not going to be running for president. Exactly. Um, and so you're looking at yourself, lady, you could maybe be not vice president, but president. And that thought has occurred to other people. And so there's been chatter on that. So, you know, she's being flattered. You know, that's exactly what it says in Daniel, that during these particular times that we're in right now, that many will be succumbed to flatteries, but they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. And so that that's where we're at right here today. You know, the scriptures are coming out and unfolding themselves. And, you know, actually what we're talking about, about the virus and the space program and all this other stuff, you know, these two segue into uh, it's all the same thing because it's all about making sure that Trump does not get elected for another four years. The liberals, the elite, they're terrified. They're terrified of having another four years because they know if he has another four years, they're doomed. Their yeah. their whole agenda twenty one is gone. Mm-hmm. I got good news for you. I read the end of the Bible. You're gone anyway. We're studying the effects of losers. You do not win. You do not come to the success. I mean, some of the stories, some of the plans that they have. There's some great videos out there. Some information from other people that have uh, put these things together. They've seen the the. There's been whistleblowers now. They're they've come out. They've got a. a like a 10-year plan extension from this point right here to where they're going to be in 2030. Um, They've got this all figured out. They think they've got it all figured out. It's interesting to see where they project all of this is going to be, you know, 10 years from now. Um, And I'm looking at it, I'm going, you know, I'm just shaking my head and going, well, that ain't going to happen. If anything, once we understand and know God's plan, according to Amos 3, 7, we can have a peace and an assurance that God is in control. He's got a plan. He's revealed it to his prophets. Tap into them and find out what they say. And it's, and what I like is it says, my servants, the prophets. Servants right there, when you go back to the original language and everything, it gives us all the confidence in the world. That means that, I mean, because let's face it, we, we can go on the Internet right now and, and put in, who are the two prophets? And you get... 25 different people that proclaim that they are the two prophets and they wear some of them wear some funny clothing and all kinds of other stuff. And it just, it's ridiculous. It's just so crazy. And some of them are just total whack jobs. You know, they've got nothing to prove or be consistent with what they say. My servants, the prophets means these people are servants of the Lord. They're faithful. They're honorable. 
They point people to Jesus, not to themselves. And they have a history and fruit that confirm that they are the real deal. That's what we tap into. Um, so we see, you know, the three that I've always used is David Wilkerson, Mark Taylor, and, um, okay, I'm going to do it. Here I am. Yeah, Kim Clement. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what we're all here for. <laughs> yeah, there you each go. each other up. <laughs> well, you know, we got, we got, again, we got so many things. I mean, whether you're 20 years old, whether you're older than dirt like me at, at 69, um, it's not about age. We have Monsanto. We have chem sprays. We got our food, our air, everything in our environment is working against us with, with having effects on our short-term memory. And why not? Wouldn't that be what exactly uh, Satan would attack us on? You know, at a time when we need to be more cognitive, more aware, more um, in control of our own minds, Satan is throwing everything he can at us to be muddled, including, and I love this part, if you wear a mask and breathe your own carbon dioxide, it causes you to actually slip into a semi-state of consciousness you're going to be dizzy. You're going to be um, unable. To, you're going to have a short-term memory loss. It enhances everything that I've already got in a natural state anyway. I'm already kind of clumsy of a person, and I don't need to be clumsier by breathing my own carbon dioxide. It's it is not good. Breathe in a bag. And well, that's what you do when you're hyperventilating because you're breathing, exactly you're not breathing in oxygen. You're breathing in carbon dioxide, right? And it, and it helps you to calm down. <laughs> it helps you to calm down. It's like you know what? I don't need somebody driving a car, wearing a mask, wearing a shield, wearing gloves. I mean, my God, I want to stay. I mean, it's bad enough in in Michigan now. So the pandemic changed just as many of our laws changed. All of a sudden now. Um, there was already been a lot of problems with people being distracted and driving because they were watching, their, you know, um, paying attention to their smartphone instead of paying attention to driving. Now, legal uh, marijuana was recently legalized, so everybody can just toke and smoke and drive and do whatever they want. So, right, that happened right at the time of the pandemic. So we've never seen what society would be like after people are are going out and about and driving again. So now you got three things. You got the masks, so you're, you know, you're smoking dope and you're watching your telephone. So you're watching your telephone and you know, you know, anybody that's ever smoked weed for a while, you know, your space time thing kind of seems, you know, a little bit different from what it really is. You can you can be actually looking uh what you think is only a second and you've been sitting here looking at the darn thing for thirty seconds, you know, right. thinking that it's a, a second. Well and the proof is starting to, to happen. We're seeing more accidents. We're seeing more uh, just crazy things happening on the road. It's very dangerous to drive anymore. Uh, in Michigan, it's, it's just it's crazy. I live on a six-lane highway, double divided. You know, there's six lanes in one way, six ways going the other way. That's about as big as you can get as a, a expressway. Eight miles away is downtown Detroit, Hart Plaza. Um you know, I'm I'm right in, in the thick of everything. And so I can see a lot of how, you know, what how people are driving and everything. I had a person that went from the most remote left lane and somehow got distracted. Or I don't know what happened with this person. I usually where I park right in front of my my storefront. This person would have plowed into my car, which I think would have been good because I 
would have got out from under the car because I got full coverage, but <laughs> but I wasn't there. And he hit the uh, a big rail, and it kind of deflected his momentum. He would have been in my foyer to go upstairs to where – I mean, he would have been in my front door. This guy went from the far lane over and got distracted or something and rammed right in through. When the police were in front and, and behind my store, and, and I went up to it and I said – what the heck's going on? I, I live here. I, I need to get up here. Can I go? And they said, yeah, okay, sure. No problem. I said, well, what the heck's going on? He says, he says, this guy went, was driving 80 miles an hour and he went from the far lane and came right towards your door. He would have been in your foyer had wow. it not hit the rail and it deflected. And he literally, his car slid on top of a three and a half foot wall of, of, brick and then landed you know a little ways down what in the heck would it cause somebody to you know be in that kind of a mental state and it's a combination of all these different things going together i mean we're living um and you know what the cop said to me he i said i asked him i said you know just in the last three weeks since since the pandemic has has gone over and you know we been able to get back out and do things i said i've seen two deaths hit and runs and now this third thing that happened here and you know what the cop said to me he says people are acting like this is a doggone end of the world apocalypse and they're just disregarding any kind of safety and they're just driving like it's the end of the world well you know me that was a segue into well you know actually (laughs) let me tell you about this and so i got to witness to the cop you know it was it was really great um but being a veteran and everything, I was wearing my army hat, so he knew I was a veteran. So we we really clicked in really good. So it was great. I got to witness to him. But I was amazed that you know he even realized, and I think most of the police realize that people are driving like it's the end of the world, and they don't give a crap. They're just going to do whatever they want. Yeah. And I've seen at night. I've seen people going 80, 90 miles an hour on the express uh, on my you know highway in front of my house. I'm you know, oh please Lord, I don't want to hear crash you know and i start praying in the spirit because i just you know it's 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 crazy but Mm -hmm. this world's getting up totally out of control and people whether they are consciously aware of it or not that in the back of their head they're driving like it's the end of the world like there's no laws that they have to uh listen to anymore or you know Mm -hmm. and it's just it's nuts well talk about end of the world you know you posted something the other day which is which which is a rehashing of something that I thought that maybe uh we had through our talks in Roswell and everything um dispelled and that one oh, thing is yeah. that that one thing is that we that space aliens that they call themselves or extraterrestrials are actually our progeny that are coming back from the future to warn us not to do certain things. Which, right, you know, if you look at common sense, that would cancel itself out right away because if they're coming back and warning us, it means that we didn't listen to them. <laughs> and, and they're coming back and warning us again not to do it. And what is the the uh, a classic sign of being insane is doing the same thing over and over again. And, and hoping getting, to have a change. And hoping to get different results, you know. But um uh, when we were down in Roswell, uh, 2008, I think, is when I spoke down there with Joe Jordan at the yeah. military academy. And um, 
we uh, what we effectively did is we put the aliens on trial, and boy, did we tick a lot of the UFO people off. How mm-hmm. dare you put them on trial? It's like, well, are they any better than us that they shouldn't be? Well, anyway, um, and that was one of the things that we talked about. You know, how could how could they be? And you know, and then we 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 uh, went into the whole um, thing about uh, uh, you know when all this first started back in the 50s and i can't remember the guy's name he was swedish or something and he said that he actually had encounters with aliens and they were from oh, venus billy meyer billy yeah. meyer yes yeah. Billy meyer, yeah and he was austrian yeah. i think yeah and he said yes they're they're from venus and they're here to visit and they come and visit me regularly and you know which should have been a one-way ticket to the funny farm but um Anyway, people, some people believe them, and I think he formed a religion out of it, actually. Oh, and, I'm sorry. You're talking, yeah, you're talking about another guy. That was uh, probably either Jack Parsons or... Um, no, I think you're uh, right. I think it was Billy Meyer. Brown yeah. L. Hubbard. Yeah. But well, anyway. Billy, Billy Meyer was Swiss. He was, he was oh, Swiss. Oh, Swiss. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, two countries away <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But um, <laughs> anyway, he... Uh, so, One of the Nordic countries. Yeah, exactly. So what happened was... Uh, and what we presented as evidence is that um, these these things are pro- prolific liars because as soon as we were able to send spacecraft in the way of um, uh, you know satellites and things and, and probes into the universe or I mean into the, the co- um, uh, solar system, uh, right. we went to Venus and we realized that the atmosphere on Venus would be inhospitable to just about anything. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then uh, we did so, the same with almost- Mars. And then realize uh, that we realized that Mars was, you know, not really habitable. And all of a sudden, uh, the uh, the aliens no. they put in a uh, change of address uh, uh, yeah, thing not, in the post they're not office. From Venus came, or they're from the Pleiades. The Pleiades, <laughs> and from the Dog Star, and, <laughs> yeah, and everywhere yeah. else. And they're and, and and so we're like, you know, so these things are prolific, li- prolific liars. So why are we believing them? Thank and you. Uh, it was funny because cause at the end, um, Peter Robbins uh, walked up. We had a roundtable discussion. Were you there for that, Jim? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Peter Robbins was the moderator. Peter Robbins is a very uh, extraterrestrial proponent of the aliens. And and he says, he says, you know, you put these beings on trial. And they kept bringing that up, and it was hilarious. And and he says, and, and for everything that you said that these speakers like Jacques Vallée and J. Allen Hynek and thing and people like that, um, because they all kind of wondered and speculated and said very loudly and in their books that these things might be interdimensional. And he said, well, for every one of those that you that you brought up, I could bring up twenty five that that's you know where, where they said otherwise, you know. And I told him, and I, I looked at him, and I said, yeah, you know, that's true. I said, but you guys have been talking about that for the last 25 or 30 years. What we talked about, you guys have never brought up. I said, so now everything is out there for people to listen to and to make their own decision instead of listening to one side and, and basing a decision on that. And he looked at me, and he was dumbfounded, and I swear there must have been a silence of about 15 seconds and he looked at me, and, and, and you remember that robot, Robbie the Robot, and you could, you could see yeah. things turning inside of his head while he was thinking and stuff. <laughs> and it was almost yeah. like he could yeah. see that in Peter Robbins' head. <laughs> and he goes, well, yeah, I guess you're right, you know. And, Brian, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, uh, 
after we were done with our our, um, our conference, uh, you know, we all got paid, Kate paid for going down there, and we went home. And um, and I got a call from from Joe Jordan, and he's he was laughing, and he goes, you know, he says we got banned from Roswell, and I said, what do you mean? He says, well, all the the um, the secular UFO people went to the city council and said that if we ever spoke there again, they would never show up at Roswell again. And I went, well, see, I said, there, there's something that speaks of volumes right there, you know, because yeah. uh, they, they could have said, well, you know, these guys are off their rockers. They didn't know what they were talking about. But we hit a nerve. We hit a big nerve in the UFO community. And it, it's yeah. still reverberating today. Go ahead, Jim. Well, you know, Dave, when we were down there, I mean, we heard this before. You know, we, we heard this when we first, when you and I first met, actually, you know, earlier, years earlier. Uh, we heard this whole thing, oh, they're from our future and they're come back here to warn us and they're us, you know, and, and all this. And, and it's like one thing that you and I started realizing right away. Now, you were you were a researcher. I was a researcher. I was an investigator for um, MUFON uh, right. for 10 years. Um, they never let me investigate anything. They never let me ever speak yeah, me about either. anything. I yeah. was the poster child for, see, we got an evangelical Christian pastor. He's part of our staff. Yeah, but you never let me say anything anywhere, anytime, anyplace. You, I'm the black sheep, the, the redhead stepchild. Nobody wants to know anything about. And, uh, but we soon we found, uh, Linda Moulton Howell, other, many others that, that almost half of the darn, Mutual UFO network were government operatives there to make sure that they were the filter that was going to filter out some of the conclusive evidence of, of alien abduction was completely right. lost in a black hole. Many things that, that did not go according to their spin were debunked and, and, uh, torn apart. Um, you know, it was nothing but a giant filter to make sure that the end time deception of the whole cosmic coming Christ would be to their agenda and the way they wanted it. And so they controlled everything uh, and manipulated it. I remember, um, what was it? Um, oh, the book from the guy that ended up dying. Why can't I remember the name of the book? Doggone it. He was a U.S. Navy intelligence Mm. Um, I don't know. You got me on this one. Oh darn! the <laughs> The book is iconic. It's the book is iconic. Why can't I? Oh, I I hate when this happens. See it I'll, now. Instead of blaming it on my old age or anything, I'll blame it on chemtrails, Monsanto, combination of all. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyways, in this, he said that. When you go to a, attend a MUFON meeting, if you are um, new, but you're a researcher, you're somebody that is informed, you're going to be approached by somebody that's going to mention and ask you a name of a bird and a name of an Indian tribe mm -hmm. or a color. And this is a CIA trigger to find out whether you are one of them or not. Right. Now, I read this in the book. Um, and my first MUFON meeting that I ever went to, I had somebody come up to me and ask me if I knew Golden Eagle. No, nope, but I don't know anything about it. But then after, so after I'm reading a book and I'm going, oh my gosh, 
that guy was trying to find because he was pumping me. You know, he was fishing. He was trying to see, you know, what I knew and what I didn't know. And, you know, I was clueless at that time. But when I read the book, I go, oh, my God, that happened to me. That guy was actually asking, you know, to try to find out whether I was one of him. And obviously I wasn't because I was clueless at that time. So to me, that that made it all that more credible for him that what he was writing about was was true. And he ended up dying as he was invaded by ATF, I think it was, for income tax evasion. And he resisted and they shot him dead. No, he was he was set up. Um it was a clear setup. And we've seen that. We, you and I have always suspected, uh, our friend Dave Flynn. Um, if you have an outstanding medical situation, that's usually probably the way you're going to die because, and when he take you out, because that way it's, it's almost ludicrous to think that, you know, it was them coming after you. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the way they do it. They do it in a clean, very clean way. We, they have genetic manipulation. To the point where, you know, when you, when you saw all these animals dying, uh, in certain areas. Now, when we were in Roswell, I'm, I think you were there at the time when all of a sudden all the trout that were in all the little pot, they called them lakes, but you know, from where I come from, Great Lakes, they, they were little ponds, but, but, uh, the bottomless lakes, all the trout died. None of the other species of fish, but just the trout were belly up and dead one day. I mean, it just, it was crazy how, you know, how that happened. And it's happened all over the, the world. And it's these are genetic experiences, experiments where they're zeroing in on specific DNA species. You know, only red-winged blackbirds fall to the ground in, in Texas or, or in Arizona. Uh, was it was it crows it, down in Louisiana? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, right, right. Now, always, I mean, so if this was some kind of a natural thing, it would be indiscriminate. You know, it would be for birds or whatever, but it isn't. It's been very specific. Then we find out that HARP and some of its diversity and its technology and everything uh, seem to be in certain areas where these things were happening. And so there was a connection to man-made manipulation and technology. The thing that I think now, after a couple of decades of all of this, what, what a lot of people have gathered is that we have a technology now where we can zero in and make things happen to an individual's DNA. When you take all of these uh, Ancestry.com things and you're finding out all the particulars, they've got a record now of your complete DNA structure, who you are and where you are, and they can find you by your DNA marker. We all have one. It's an individual. The technology is there right now where they can manipulate a, a, a satellite or whatever and take you you as an individual out, out of the whole world. So when they say they lost a plane flight such and such, they don't know where it is. Come on. I <laughs> know. No. When they got satellites that can read uh, in Tenement Square who the guy is, what the headlines are that he's reading in there, they can pretty much control everything they want now in saying that though i have to say but god overrules all of that you know they're they think they only think they're in control god says he looks down he mocks and laughs at their attempts to to usurp him and to take control he's got a plan and he's right on target but these are the things that we're up against that we cannot fight in our own power but mm -hmm. if we have God's power, which he promises us in the last days of manifestation of the sons of God, this is where God is going to give us everything available to us to fight this technology, to fight 
all of the plans of the enemy. We are going to be one step ahead of them all the way if we believe, know his plan, and then we believe it, and then we live by it. So I don't mean to scare, but, I mean, this is the overwhelming power that's coming against us. In our intellect alone, we are powerless to fight these things. I don't care how darn smart you are. I don't care how much dots you can connect. If you don't have the intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, you are not going to survive this. You are not going to make it. You need him and him alone. Um, this is just the world that we're in. And how this all, all of this segues into, um, you know, all the, the manipulation of space time. It, it's all hand in hand. 5G. My gosh, they were, you can get a transparency or an overlay of everywhere that 5G has now become totally nationally interreactive. It's the highest areas where the coronavirus is huge mm -hmm. because 5G creates the coronavirus. Right. Because what they're creating is a human antenna or a worldwide system that could melt. This is what blew my mind. I, I haven't got the exact script, um, text, but I can backtrack and find it if it haven't, if they haven't made it disappear yet. Because they do that. That's what I'm going to, it's going to be fun with Jonathan Gray because there's certain things that he knew that were common, you know, part of his ministry. You can't, the Triceratops with the 30 caliber uh, bullet hole in it, you right. can't find it anywhere. It's gone off of the internet everywhere. You can't find it. Um, this is what they're able to do now to manipulate and control information. Stuff that 10 years ago was popular and accepted and, and known, you know, in, in 40 different sites. They've made it go away. Look at on, you know, on my stuff that I had posted when I lost my um, YouTube channel uh, two year, almost two years ago now. Um, if anybody else has my videos reposted on their place, Google hunts them down and shuts them down because right. they got my videos on there. I mean, and it's not just me anymore. That magnify this two years later, there's all kinds of people being shut down. In Nazi Germany, they burn books. Now, what they do is censor you. They shut your channels down because it's inconsistent or whatever hokey, crazy, you know, premise they give. So, yeah, it, it, it's just crazy. So, again, going back, I mean, Detroit is no different than any other place in this country. We've got a, a we just had reenacted a, a stringent rules in Michigan, you can get fined $500 if you are not wearing a mask. I used to put mine as a chin strap over, you know, just on my chin. Now I cover my mouth, but I leave my nose open. I've got one, a little mask. I fabricated it myself. I thought it was kind of cool. It's kind of a Darth Vader effect. It's all black and it's got a chrome front face on it that um, it, what I did was I took a mask that was used for you know when you're welding or doing toxic stuff it'll it'll keep that stuff out but it's in a triangular shape and i said what if i flip that upside down oh look at that man it fits my chin perfect it covers my mouth perfectly and it keeps my nose totally clear so i colored that up i this is my rebel mask i i wear that mask and it covers my mouth so i'm protecting everybody else from, from they're protected my nose you know what? That's my business. Stay out of my face. Stay out of my uh, place. This is up to me whether I want to breathe 
CO2 or whether we're on a brief fresh air. Right. Um, and so far, nobody's challenged it. You know, I, I wear it. That's my Walmart shopping uh, mask or, you know, wherever I go to a big box store or something like that. Um, it's kind of like in your face. Now, I take these little sticks. They're about uh, four and a half, five inches long. And I take a superhero uh, little, you know, what kids play with uh, the little six inch, you know, the icons, yeah, figures or whatever. And I paint the bottom of their feet. And so I put six feet on the stick. Mm-hmm. And then I and I show this. I said, okay, here's six feet. Am I six feet distance between you and 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 each other? Yeah. Okay, then we're complying to the law. We're staying right. six feet apart. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you guys, we're going to have to get to this point. I'm complying technically to their rules, but at the same time, I'm defying them, saying, look, this is baloney, this is crap. I'm not buying it and not accepting it. Yeah. Uh, and, They'll just change that to 72 inches. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, and you will, but let's make them do it that way. You know, let's yeah. make them do it that way. And then even then, okay, you know what? And I'm going to get a stick with 72 inches on it. Am I 72 inches between you? Yeah, I am. Okay. You know what, you know what I mean? I mean, we go, it's going to have to come down to that. Now, I was even going to get Pastor Steve Upshur and myself, and I was going to say, you know what? Uh, one of the newest scare tactics, oh, my gosh, the COVID is being spreaded crazy. And one of the big things is go to a gas pump and where you – grab onto the gas pump, it's being transferred from there. Or if you're touching a, a shopping cart um, handle, it's, you know, this is how it's spreading. So, okay, so it's spreading. It is a virus. It is a flu virus. And it's not killing anybody. Yeah, you're not getting anymore. a little sick. Yeah. The only reason people get killed is if it registers that they've got it and they, they get all panicky about it. Then they put them on a respirator. The respirator kills them because they are in a self-induced coma. They can't fight it. As a man thinketh, so is he. If you know that that thing isn't going to kill you, you're going to live. You're going to be able to fight it. If you're going in there all fear, uncertain whether you're going to live or die, you know what? It's a coin toss. Dude, yeah, you might die right. because you're you're so wrapped up in fear. Fear is what is killing people, not anything else. It's fear. And so everything is being driven by fear. So I was going to, I, and I was, you know, I prayed about it, and I asked the Lord, and the Lord put, the Lord actually put me in check on this. I was going to get Steve and I, and I said, let's go to a gas station, let's lick a doggone handle, and then let's go to Walmart and let's lick a darn um, handle to a shopping cart. Okay. Let's show them, let's defy them. You know what? In in two weeks, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be healthier than I was before. End of story. But you know what the Lord showed me? No, Jim. If you're going to call it out to the public, they've got my word. They've got the testimony of many people that have come forth to tell the truth. If they don't believe that, all you're going to do is kill yourself. Because the technology is there. If you're going to call this out to the public, they, the powers, will make sure that they tag your DNA and you will die. Yep. by their hand. Yeah. I'm going, oh my gosh, you know what? I know they've got the technology. They can do that. Why in the heck would I? Because they're, you know, I'm calling it out into the open. I'm yeah. forcing their hand. Mm-hmm. And even, even the Lord is saying, no, Jim, you know, I can protect you, protect you from everything. This is something that, no, you know, it's, it's jeopardizing anything. You rely on me. You rely on the testimonies of faithful people that have come forth and, and are willing to tell the truth. 
Now I have a, a doctor, uh, I mean, a, this person was a senior member of one of the epicenter coding wards in uh, Detroit, Michigan. This person is a combat veteran of Afghanistan as a medic. She's, oh, I said she, I didn't want to do that. Well, she's seen it all. And she was a senior member. She had the wherewithal to start taking films, to start taking pictures. All the evidence that this is all BS. She's already, now she's an accomplished author. She's written two books before. She's got this other book written, ready for press. But all of a sudden she started suffering post-traumatic syndrome. She realizes once she does this, She's going to have to be strong. So she has waited until she can get over this element so that, I mean, she's, cause she told me, Jim, I'm not bowing down to them. I am going to go through this. Even if it means my life, I have to let the people know this is crap. Right. They have to set free. So she's willing to pay that price. I admire her, man. She's, she's an awesome woman of God. And, yeah. uh, She's going to have this book, but she knows that she has to be emotionally strong enough to endure the resistance. I mean, because they're going to be slamming her left and right. Um, mm-hmm. They were already gathered together in a room, and officials that were higher, way higher than any kind of a hospital, they were told by somebody apparently representing the government or something, if you want to continue practicing medicine in America, this is what you're going to tell the public. If you do not tell them this, you will never be involved in medicine in the United States of America again. Well, now, again, say, well, President, you know, if Trump is the president, how come he doesn't do something about it? Well, he can't do, he has got assassinations attempts on his life so many times already. He's layering, peeling back the layers of corruption that are so ingrained in every element of our society. He can't just come out and start stripping away. He has to do it clandestinely. He has to do it intelligently. Right. He has to do it one step at a time so that oh, everything doesn't just collapse in itself. Well, it's, it's funny because we were watching the X-Files yesterday, and it was the one where the uh, the alien comes down, and uh, they're trying to hunt him down, and he keeps uh, he keeps uh, frying everybody that tries to keep hunting him down. <laughs> and uh, it's hilarious. And uh, so I, I know because uh, Fox Mulder went in, and he says, hey, he says uh, – to the doctor, he's asking the doctor questions, and he says, "I can't answer you anything." He says, "He says, what did they do? Did they come in and say that you they would take your license away, that you'd never work again, or you know, would they try to pin something on you?" Well, anyway, um, you know that'll worked out. But um, you know, one of the things that I, I kind of wanted to I wanted to run by Brian because Jim, you talked about um, them having basically us being antennas uh, and the six foot thing. But Brian, I think can uh, if I'm telling me if I'm wrong or not. But can uh, can you attest to that? Um, basically, we we always have kind of been antennas because um, the the uh, I have found my mother always used to ask me, "Can you find any normal friends?" Uh, because I used to have, <laughs> I used to have people come up to me, you know, that that wanted to be my friend, and everybody was just like a half a bubble off. But um, it seems like demoniacs and stuff. And if you look at the accounts of Jesus or Yeshua, um, you see that demoniacs always came up to him. Um, have you found uh, in, in your work, Brian, that um, the uh, mm-hmm. that the enemy comes up to you, kind of seeking out uh, 
you, um, not, not even the enemy, but the person that's inhabited by the enemy comes up to you seeking you out in a way that almost seems like they break, they know who you are, they recognize who you are, and they want freedom, so they come up to you. Yeah, I mean, that's even in scriptures, you know. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I mean, they, 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 the, the demon and uh, Samaria came up to Jesus and said, is it my time to be thrown into hell? Right. I'm paraphrasing here really bad. And he said, you know, you know, go into the swine. They went into the, the lake and they died. So demons know, they even knew Paul. They mentioned they, they knew who he was in the, in the scriptures in the book of Acts. So, right. yeah, demons, well, the word demon, uh, and I mean, there's Satan, there's demons, there's Lucifer. Uh, Satan himself has many names, but the lower ranking fallen angels or demons means a knowledgeable one, one that has knowledge. So they're master psychologists of the human race. Right. Um, yeah, they're, they're as evil as you can be, and, and they're, they're horrible creatures that are going to be cast into the lake of fire one of these days. But putting that aside, they're very powerful in that they know what our buttons are to push for each of us. Yes. Right. So, you know, they and, and they know, uh, especially when you're ministering, they know what buttons to push to get you sidetracked in ministry. I mean, I mean, think about church services of all of us have been to over the decades, you know, where all of a sudden the sound goes out or the the pastor gets something in his throat right in the middle of a really important point or, or 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 just anything and that's not that's not accidents that's deliberate distraction and so yeah demons can easily they know who we are by name they know when we were born they know everything and more about us than we know about ourselves right. most and and so but that's a weapon that they use against us that's uh-huh. why it's so hard for so many people out there especially right now with COVID, there's a, a lot of, there's a spike in addictions of every kind. Mm-hmm. And right. the demons know this. They know people are home and they're depressed. They're, they're losing their jobs or they're, they're just having a hard time. And so they put those things right in front of people what they know that they're weak in. And, um, and, uh, yeah, and they, they know a lot about us, but the, the good point is, as a Christian, and I mean a believer in Jesus, I don't mean a Christian Christian. I mean, when I say that, because I say this because the word Christian is pretty generic and watered down now. Right. So uh, I'm saying a person who at a time in their life acknowledged Yeshua or Jesus and asked him to come in their lives to forgive them for their sins and be their savior and, uh, and the gospel. Um, the real gospel, not that you're going to get rich if you get saved or life's going to be better. That's right. never promised. Actually, it's promised the other way. Right. He said, because me, you'll be persecuted. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. But our home is not here. Our home is in heaven, which is one of the dimensions. I think we're going to talk about dimensions tonight, I think. Right. And so, and so saying all that, we have power as believers. To tell these creatures, these hideous beings that are just worthless, to go away. And they can't, and they will go away. But it doesn't mean that when you do it, it works every time. And because, in my experience, they test you, just like a kid, like a teenager. They, you give them a rule, and they kind of break a little bit, and you don't do anything, and they, they kind of break a little bit more. 
So demons are kind of like, like that. They, they want to see how serious you are. Right. You know, when the, the seven, uh, help me out here in the book of Acts. Seven of seven uh, is going to huh? Yeah. The yeah. demons knew they weren't serious. They knew they were, they were uh, lightweights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> For a better term, they, they knew they were just a bunch of punks and goes, we're not going to see you. <laughs> and, uh, and they didn't. They didn't, but they knew who Paul was. They even said, we know who Paul is, but who are you? And they right. tore these guys to pieces. So, saying that, it's all, it, you know, it's like, and we talked, I'm just rehashing stuff because it's just everything, and Jim said it, every, there's no accidents. That's what Jim said. Right. There's no accidents in our lives. There's no lucky rabbit's foot. Um, it all, all things work out good for those who know Jesus. All mm-hmm. things. Even the bad things. Yep. And there's yeah. a lot of bad things going out there right now. And I know people are listening to me. They're really going through it. But if you know Yeshua in your heart, you're more than a conqueror. You can tell these things to leave your house right now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pull out the holy water and the beads and do all that. You don't have to hit somebody over the head with a Bible. You just got to speak it and believe it. And you don't have to believe it so much that I believe, I believe, I believe like the the Wizard of Oz in the last scene, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's no place like home. There's no place oh, like home. Yeah. Pick your yeah. little slippers, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you just got to know what the scripture says and, and not even know, just know that Jesus is on your side and he he's the creator of all things and he holds all things together by the word of his power. And that brings up another point, is these dimensions, if it's okay if I can shift here for a second. Yeah, no, cool. that's where you need to go. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I'm, I'm in my Mustang, I'm in my Mustang shifting up my 67. I used to have that. I told them anyway, it's another story. So, um, the word of your power, it literally means, I mean, I've looked this up. I've done a little research on it. Somebody out there might be a lot more vested in this, but words, Jesus, the Lord doesn't just put words in the Bible just to put them in there. Right. And, and, the, and, when the canon was put together, they were they were very careful to keep it as close to the Hebrew text as possible, because you lose the meaning by changing one word. Yep. And so even the even the the noun or the adjective, how you say it, changes it. Right. And the power of this word holds all the things together. It literally means all dimensions, all atoms, all neutrons. It means everything. Right. It doesn't mean he holds the oceans or the the trees. It means uh, all things that we can't even see with a microscope yet that we haven't found, he holds. And all Jesus has to say is at that moment, it's because it says in the scriptures, it will burn the, this, the current heavens and the current earth will burn with an intense heat. All he has to say is, I let go. Uh huh. He doesn't have to say it. He just thinks that. Right. I mean, he's the Lord. But he makes all things new again. And so I'm saying all this because I was looking up the dimensions today and refreshing myself with some of this stuff. And I realized in all these different dimensions that man is trying to achieve himself and for no good reason than just for power. I mean, the CERN thing, they're not doing all this for our good, the CERN. No, not at all. If, 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 they, if they end up going into another dimension and going in there and sending something in there or even a person back and forth through time travel through CERN, it's nothing more than to get power to control whatever realm they live in yep. and, or, or the other realms. And it's just 
man is evil continually. You can't trust him. Um, you just can't do it. And so that's why even God said, man's heart is evil continually. None are righteous. No, not one. But thank the Lord that he sent Jesus to save us because there are good people listening here who have Jesus in their heart. Right. who know the things you're saying are true. And so you have that scripture where Jesus can just let go and all the dimensions will burn up, not just the one we're in. But in saying that, he's given us, he's given us this knowledge now. The things we're talking about right now, all three of us, if we would have talked about this 30 years ago, just a lot of Christians, they would go, what What in the world? What are you guys drinking and smoking? <laughs> yeah, you know? right? Yeah. You know? yep. I mean, I, I was I was doing some research today just to make sure of what I'm talking about, because I've read it so many times over the years. But they have they have satellites that do 350,000 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how fast they have. You can look it up. 300, well, they go kilometers, and I broke it down roughly around 350,000 miles an hour. And they're right. trying to they're trying to make craft to do the speed of light. And you know what? If the Lord doesn't come back soon, they're going to do it. Right. And right. It's 20 years ago, I would have thought I was crazy for saying this stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's not. And I say this because knowledge is increasing exponentially right now. Um, I did a... a, a Bible study years ago and gave some facts. I'm just going off memory, but between Adam and Christ, uh, that period of time, knowledge increased one time. Whatever, right. whatever, everything man knew. And between Christ and like the 1800s, it doubled, maybe uh -huh. tripled. Now they're saying everything we know now, even with computers, in six months, as you guys know, already know this. Is doubling every six months to three months now. Right. Everything uh, that. Yep. Right. So, yep. and it says in Daniel, I think chapter 11, that knowledge will increase at the end time and men will go to and fro upon the earth. And that to and fro means doesn't mean on horseback. No. <laughs> you know, it means jet aircraft, trains, planes, cars, technology, spacecraft. So, all this stuff is making more and more sense as we get further into the age of the Lord to come back. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, this whole thing with the, the dimensions, I was looking at it today, thinking about it, and I thought, wow, uh, one of the dimensions, I think it's the seventh one, there's so many, there's four for sure, but we, there's, I heard 23, but I don't know. But one of them is you get to that dimension, you're basically a God. And, huh. And you're basically, your, your knowledge, you're able to transform your body. You're able to go in and out of different dimensions and this stuff. And does this actually happen? I don't know. But I know in, the, in Genesis, which I just read a few minutes ago about the Tower of Babel, every man and every person on the earth at that time spoke the same language. And he said to the, in their heart, and they said to themselves, let's build a city and let's build a tower that reaches up into heaven. That even back then, man wanted to be like God or be God. Right. And and they did. And God came down, or the Lord came down, and I just read it a few minutes ago, and said what man can do together, there's nothing they cannot do. Mm -hmm. And in the last, say, it's well, I'll just say in the last 30 years, or 20 years, how long cell phones have been around, um, and computers, maybe a little longer, 
um, language barriers kind of still hindered us, even up to 30 or 40 years ago. Right. Now they have apps on iPhones. You can speak, that person can speak that language into your iPhone and it translates it for you. Yeah, that's right. So, so my point is, you got the CERN, you got these multidimensional uh, creatures, which I think are Nephilim and demonic beings that uh, are not from other plant and other worlds. They're, they're, they're here. They're, they're, they, they're, the earth is the center of God's creation. And this is ground zero. Right. And, and these creatures, um, and, and demonic creatures and physical creatures, some in spirit, some physical, want nothing better than to destroy mankind because we're made in the image of God. Thank God we're saved. Yeah. And so, um, with all this technology and all this stuff going on, it, pointing to that Jesus is about to bring his kingdom. I don't know the day. Boy, if I knew the day, I'd be buying a, I, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't pay my cards, I guess, for about. <laughs> but he doesn't tell us that stuff. You know, he doesn't tell us these things because he doesn't want us doing stupid things like I probably would do. So All of us, yeah. And all of us. Yeah, all of so, us. yeah, and so saying all this stuff is it all ties together. It all points to the Lord's return, and we're not to be afraid. You're only afraid when you don't understand what's going on. It's like you're, it's like it's like money. They tell you make a budget, and you've got all these bills coming in. You haven't. You're behind on them. You don't know what your income is anymore. But when you finally sit down and you write your bills down, you make a budget. Actually, see what you where you're at. It's not as scary because right. you realize, oh. I might be able to fix this. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Knowledge is power, and the best knowledge a person can have is first Jesus in their heart, because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Right. And right. the other knowledge is is to dis- be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Discern everything. Everything. Don't just take it because I'm even saying it. Look it up for yourself. Exactly. And. When people start doing that, then you've got a powerful group of people who are knowledgeable in the Lord, knowledgeable in what's going on in the world, and they know how to live in this world in a wise way. Right. And here, I think, is gripping a lot of people right now, as we talked about. Everybody's afraid. I think you mentioned, Dave, about the mass. It's, it's a known fact that the, the coronavirus is so microscopic, the mass won't stop it. Right. It's it's not everybody thinks it's because of your spit. Well, yes, but it's more than that. It's so small that it'll it can go through a mask. And like the N95 mask, they're five percent. They they only there's five percent that can get through with those. Right. And it, right. it's just um, their mind control devices to control us, to put fear into us, to sub- make us submit. And these demonic creatures, then and these. Aliens, Nephilim, hybrid, whatever you want to call them, are behind a lot of the, what's going on behind the scenes, I think. Right. Um, deep in our government, deep even beyond where Trump is. I, I don't know if he even knows half of what's going on with this stuff. Right. And so um, yeah. I think a lot of presidents, depending on it's depending on the president, are kept in the dark, I think. Right. It's just depends on the person. Yeah. So I, I think Obama knew a lot. I think he knew a lot. I think Biden knows a lot, 
Well, Trump, Obama, I don't know. Obama might have come I, from I, one of those other realms. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think, I think Trump knows everything that is going on. This is his yeah. calling. This is his purpose. Um, this has been confirmed by the servants, the prophets. Um, this is why he is the president. I as Cyrus was to make sure that the, the swamp is cleaned up. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think as we know God's plan, we can have confidence that he's in control. So, and plus, you know, he's got access to time and space. And if you had access to everything that Nikola Tesla ever did, you've got a lot of, just in a natural science part, you've got a lot of power there. But I think with God's anointing also, you got the best of both realms, the spiritual realm and the, the physical realm. Well, you know, um, talking about the dimensions, I I did a little study uh, the other night. I I have this bad habit of when I when I don't have to work the next day, I'm up to like three in the morning or two in the morning studying. <laughs> and uh, and so what I did is um, I I I came up with a kind of a model where you know uh, we talked about chain link fences and and but what if the chain link fences are like parallel to one another and they're only six inches apart? Okay, or as close as you can get them without touching one another, physically touching one another. Um, if you like, if you hit one fence, that that sound could actually jump to the other fence. And there's something called resonance um, that that they use in music. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take a tuning fork, let's say one that's tuned to 25 hertz, and if you were to bl- uh, line them up, maybe 10 or 15 of those in a row, and you hit one of them with a hammer. That resonance is going to go to all 15 of them, and they're all going to resonate at the same uh, at, at 25 hertz, unless you touch one of them, and then it's going to shut off. But still, right. the ones that are on the left and on the right of it are going to keep resonating to that sound. And so, what if the uh, if the dimensions are like that, where they're all um, and and I, I'm going to quit using the phrase um, parallel universes because I. I really think that we're, we're we're dealing with dimensions in one universe. Um, you know, people use the word multiverse, and they're free to do that if they want to. But that brings up a whole bunch of problems, um, especially where you know um, sin is concerned and and uh, the crucifixion and, and everything else. But um, if, if there's a bunch of different um, realities in one universe then it makes a lot more sense to me. And I think it, it explains a lot more things than you would if you were talking about a multiverse. If you were talking about multiple realities, it's a lot easier to understand. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So yes. if you if you have all these fences together and, and they're all at the same frequency, however, you know, they're, of course, you know, one, the pole number one of fence number one has the same atomic structure as fence number two, but... At the same time, the atoms are still a little different than they are, number one. So um, so if you have both of them resonating at the same uh, frequency and you open up a gate on fence number one and it touches fence number two, then you're going to have a you're going to have an entanglement. And yep. then you're going to be able to transfer data or information from fence number one to fence number two. Not by a residence, but by a direct thing, and that's what I think that uh, they may be trying to fool around with residence in order to to do this. But I, I do think that they're fooling around with opening up that gate so that the, the fence actually the fences actually touch one another, 
and then things can come over. But then I was thinking about that, and I said, what if there is in between each of the two good fences that there's a fence that's made of barbed wire and it's 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 funky old barbed wire and it's it's rusty and it's everything and everything and that's the fence where the evil entities live and you have to touch that fence in order to touch the second fence and uh years ago i did a i did a little study on um uh, bending time and space and making uh in order to travel from one point to another and and a simple little illustration of taking a um a blanket that I had, I folded it about four times and made it real thick. And then I took it from both ends and I pushed it together and it made a big loop on top. And that loop signified the, uh, the amount of space that would be, you would not have to navigate in order to get from one side to the other. If you can make a hole right through that thinnest part where the two came together. And then I started thinking, well, wait a minute though. No matter how hard you push those two pieces of fabric together, there's still a space in between it. There always will be a space in between it. And if you were to try to navigate um, through a wormhole, you are still, well, it's a hole. And let's just say, you know, a silk, or excuse me, a moth made it. Um, still, there's going to be that space that, and, and there's probably entities living in that space, the entities that are against us. And maybe the uh, our, our good angels too are able to inhabit that space, but um, and maybe that's the space that uh, Elisha's servant was able to observe when he was able to see all the flaming chariots. But um, so you still have that space, and when you create a wormhole, you're actually creating recreating a hole that those entities can come through to get to your space. So if they're trying to create wormholes and stuff using CERN. That's what they're doing. They're opening up that space between the two edges of space that they're trying to connect. And, Lord, I, I, I wouldn't want to be around when when they do that. And I think they have done it. I don't know if you guys heard, and I don't know if this is an urban legend or what, but uh, supposedly they had a lady, um, I'll say a lady, <laughs> uh, running it. And um, they were only supposed to go up to so many, um, and I, I they're, it's much higher up than gigahertz. Um, in power, and um, and so they were supposed to go to a certain point. Well, they got to that point, and nothing really happened. And they wanted to push it up higher. She did, and you know, against the wishes of some of the other scientists there. And so anyway, they they proceeded with the experiment and kept going up and up and up. In the power, excuse me, in the power of the uh, the, the machine at CERN. And uh, pretty soon the lights went out. They said there was a creepy feeling in there. And then they heard a scream. The lights came back on, and that woman was totally gone, like she never existed. Um, so, you know, talk about alien abduction, for goodness sakes. Um, there, there's, there's proof of it right there. So if the story's true, then, then something came and grabbed her and dragged, dragged her to where to that hole that they had, they had opened up. And, uh, you know, if she's ever heard from or seen again, will remain to be seen, uh, maybe on the last day during a judgment or something like that. But, um, it's, it's just kind of freaky what they're playing around with and, and what they're trying to do. And it's not going to lead to any good. Now we've talked about, uh, uh, Jim, Jim and I and Eric and, and others about how they're trying to, um, uh, Basically, our, the theory is that before the flood, uh, the Earth was at a zero-degree uh, tilt, 
and I'm thinking that maybe it was at a 90 degree tilt, Jim, and I'll explain that in a minute. But um, I think that um, you know the Earth was at a different degree than it is right now, and and um, we we read in in uh, Genesis that uh, when Cain left, he went to live live in the land of the east, in the land of uh, Nod, east of Eden. Okay, now let's just say that Eden is, was was somewhere in the Middle East at one time. Uh, just just humor me with this. And um, so, if the Earth was at a ninety degree tilt sideways, the South Pole would be east of Eden. Okay, and so if Cain did go to the South Pole and into the inner Earth, um, then you know that explains a lot right there. Uh, but after you know during the flood. See, the Lord could have done a lot of things to the tilt of the earth during the flood because there'd be no physical changes on the earth that they would recognize. Yeah, there might be higher waves and stuff like that, but still, um, you know, you're in a boat, and you're in a boat that the Lord is kind of maneuvering and keeping safe. So no matter what would happen uh, underneath the water, you'd never be able to tell. And uh, so it, it's very possible that the earth, um, rotated from south to, well, south to, to north, uh, which would have been east to west at that time, and that it was changed during the flood. But um, so, you know, if, if this is an attempt with CERN to try to correct the earth to where things are going to come up different, there's a, I think I read there's an ancient Chinese prophecy that says the sun is going to rise in the north. Okay, now we read, I, I've, I've read that the, the Muslims say that the sun is going to rise in the West. Okay. And, you know, I, I take that book very dubiously. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's fit for lighting the bottom of bird cages and maybe other things that we won't go into. But, um, anyway, if, if the Chinese proverb was right, that at one time the earth, uh, the, the sun rose from the North, uh, that would uh, indicate that the, the uh, South pole was the East actually. And that the sun rose from that direction, the land of the east, the land of Nod. Um, now, is, is CERN being built to correct this? Um, we, we had talked a few, quite a few weeks ago, maybe even months ago, about how um, uh, people are afraid that, the, uh, that CERN is going to send the Earth into a, a strange kind of orbit or spin. And um, about how if you were to tunnel straight through the Earth, because... Believe it or not, on the online they have a tunneling calculator, and you can tell where you'd come out on the other side of the Earth if you dug straight down. Um, so, in order to, to make a counterbalance, now anytime that you you try to balance something, it's always good to have a counterbalance. Um, if you drive a forklift, you would be a fool to try to lift something if you didn't have ten thousand pounds on the other end to to keep the thing from going endo when you're trying to pick up a load. So, um, anyway, when you, uh, uh, if, if they're going to try to write the earth with, with CERN in order to unlock the abyss, and so that all the demons could come out, the 200 million demons that are going to come out of the abyss, um, it's quite possible that they're going to, they're trying to make a, a counterbalance. And that counterbalance comes out to a little group of islands in the South Pacific, just east of uh, New Zealand. And if you look at a map of the islands on uh, Google Earth, actually you look at Google Earth, not a map, there is an island there, and it's got a, a grove of trees 
that where the trees are shaped like an arrow that point to this one building. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. And it looks like it could be the entrance to something that might be underground underneath this island. Could that be the uh, the counterbalance for CERN? Possibly. And then we read that the Chinese are, are planning on building a CERN that's going to be 200 times more powerful than the CERN in um, in uh, in Switzerland or not Switzerland? Well, yeah, Switzerland, France. Um, and are they building that as a, another counterbalance? And if that's so, uh, where would that be on the other side of the Earth, the Falkland Islands? Now, why would fight, why would the British fight a war over the Falkland Islands, a little group of insignificant islands where they grow sheep? You know, um, what do they call the Malvinas? I think the um, Argentines call it. Unless there's unless there's some kind of strategic importance to that group of islands, or there's something underneath it, or or there would have been something underneath it, or plan they were planning on it at the time. So there's a lot of things that are out there that you know we can speculate on, and and uh, and uh, you know you get what you pay for, and I think that the people at CERN are going to get a lot more than they paid for. Uh, in but it's not going to be good stuff. It's going to be like being in. Uh, um, in China, trying to spend uh, dollars or something like that, it's just not going to work. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see in the coming days what happens. Uh, it, it's possible that maybe uh, uh, the Bible talks about that there being a great earthquake and some of the islands disappearing in the book of Revelation. Um, would that be a result of them tampering with what they're going to tamper with? Um, who knows? Uh, the the fact that the abyss opens up is is a given. Uh, it, are, are they trying to manipulate it to to open it up? That little uh, thing that they had, that little presentation when they opened up that tunnel that is really close to CERN, was uh, basically a categorization in a play form of demons trying to climb out of hell. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Brian, but boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> You should check that out. You might shut it off halfway through. It'll give you the creeps. Um, but um, anyway, you know, so is that a, was that them telling us this is what we're trying to do with CERN? Uh, this is this is our ultimate goal. It's not to, to find out what happens when we smash atoms together. It's not to find the, the Higgs boson. It's to open up a portal, and it's it's to do something to the Earth that's going to allow the, uh, the enemy to... Uh, uh, for a short while to have total control over over the earth. So um, anyway, uh, that's my thoughts on on the uh, the, the uh, parallels. But uh, um, you guys get anything to say about that? I don't know. It, it sounds kind of weird, but um, maybe I'm off my rocker or something. Well, I'm I'm sitting on my rocker and I'm relaxing. So um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, you make a really good point, Dave, <laughs> um, about the fences, the cyclone fences next to each other. Um, obviously, you can go on YouTube and look at videos of angels being seen and then disappearing. Um, it's all over the Internet. Uh, demons, too. Uh, and then we have these UFOs that all of a sudden just disappear, cloak themselves. So it, it makes sense. I mean. Um, they they they've got some type of technology that can do that, go into another dimension or parallel universe. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. Um, 
uh, you know, the Bible's clear. Things that we don't see are are going to last a lot longer than what we see. And then it it just it makes sense what you said. I, I like that point about the fences. It's a really good one. Um, and yeah, and like it's, like you said, if CERN trying to open these gates is going to actually open Pandora's box um, with the demonic or with whatever else is there. Um, and that's what makes me think even more how close we are to the Lord's kingdom is because in Genesis 6, there was the Nephilim and the, the, the men of renown and, and all that we've been talking about. And then the flood obviously came and uh, Noah's family. So I'm thinking to myself, what was it really like during that time? You know, and years ago, I think, well, they had wagons and horses or goats. They just had normal. They didn't have cars. They didn't have this. They didn't have that, you know, and I, I and I'm not saying I know for sure, but um, I think technology was a lot more advanced then than we know, uh, right. than we realize. And, and we talked about this before in the past. Did they have cars? I don't know, but I think they had a lot. I think they had the electricity and electronics. Uh, I've, seen YouTube videos and read articles about um, fossilized looks like cell phones they found and batteries uh-huh. from thousands and thousands of years ago. Right. You can go online and look, look for that stuff. So, and now you have the CERN in our century, in our time, and it's like, the, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like the, uh, a father telling his son, you can play out in the yard, but don't leave the yard. You leave the yard where it's safe, you're going to get in trouble. Right. So what's he do? He leaves the yard, and because <laughs> uh, that's what kids do. Yeah. And mankind can't be trusted. Obviously, we're leaving the parameters God has put around us: uh, cloning, um, all this uh, biological DNA tampering, uh, the CERN, you know, harp. I mean, we're dabbling in things now that I think are, you know where God doesn't want us to dabble for very long right. because he knows we're immature children. I'm really paraphrasing here. Mankind that is not believers uh-huh. that we don't, we don't know how to handle this power and we will destroy ourselves before. Um, if he had, if he didn't stop us, we would destroy ourselves before his plan was supposed to be fulfilled through the scriptures and all the prophecies. And he's right. not going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, that's that scripture where uh, he says that um, um, he says that uh, if he doesn't come back, that uh, all flesh will will be destroyed. Yeah, uh, it's in right. Revelation, I think. You know, so um, I thought it was kind of interesting with uh, with what happened in um, uh, the times right after the flood. You know, you're talking about the Tower of Babel, and um, he had to. Actually, um, I'm getting an echo for some reason. I don't know why, but um, he uh, actually had to come down to confuse tongues. But what it doesn't actually say, but if you read into the narrative and look at the timeline, that's about the same time that Peleg was around. And, and it's probably pronounced a different way, but it's spelled Peleg. Um, and at that time, it says the earth was divided, which means it actually means channeled. So it's possible that there was a supercontinent before the, the time of uh, Peleg, 
And uh, you know, that would explain a lot of things. That would explain why uh, the Native Americans were in, in America at, you know, right from the beginning, uh, because their tribe had migrated there uh, during the time of the Tower of Babel. Um, it would also explain why, uh, we, why God would create mountains, because mountains are a natural barrier. Uh, that's another way to keep people from getting together. Um, and uh, it's just uh, it's just amazing that uh, he he would go through such stringent lengths to strengths excuse me to to keep us from from um, from getting together. And and the one you see, man can overcome mountains. Man can overcome the seas. You know, we've seen that we can fly over mountains. We can sail the seas and commune with one another again. And like you, uh, someone has mentioned uh, before, uh, I think it was you, it was the apps on the phone where you can talk in English or, or another language and one person can understand the other. But the, the interesting thing that man can never overcome is race. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how hard man tries, and man tries pretty hard, uh, mankind cannot overcome race relationships or the lack thereof. And... Uh, I'm not saying that God is the is a, the ultimate racist and that He's the one that's behind racism, but it it is something that keeps people from bonding so perfectly together if they were to overcome it. And I think it's going to be the one thing that is is going to be the factor that keeps mankind from um, from totally coming together because we know that during the time of Revelation that uh, people are going to be united around the world in a sense, but not totally. Uh, there's going to be objectors that, uh, you know, there's going to be believers that are, are going to be major objectors and not buy into the system. I'm sure there's going to be some Jews that don't buy into the system. That's evident by the 144,000 and the uh, and the conversion uh, during that time of most of Israel. And, uh, there's going to be uh, Hindus that don't buy into it. There's going to be mm-hmm. uh, all different kinds of religions that don't buy into it. But we're not talking about races there. We're talking about um, religions and ethnicities. But um, it's I, it would be really interesting. And um, I, I don't know if we'll get to see it or not or how far we're going to go into this before we're snatched out of here. Uh, frankly, I was I was kind of hoping that it would happen at 3 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> Uh, but it didn't. Uh, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see just how far um, they, mankind can try to um, it, adhere to one another uh, in order to overcome the um, the things that naturally keep us apart. And racism is the big natural thing that keeps people apart. It's it's something that, like I said, that mankind has never been able to overcome. There's always one group that thinks it's better than the other. Um, if you go to, uh, for years, let's use South Africa as a, an example. Um, if, you, if you were lived in South Africa 30 or 40 or 50 years ago and you were white, you lived very, very well. Um, if you were um, a mixed race, you didn't live so well. And if you were black, you didn't live well at all. But now things are changing around to where if you're black, you're living pretty well. If you're if you're mixed race, well, you're doing okay. And if you're white, in some cases, you're being hunted down and killed. So um, it's people don't learn. You know, it's it's like the one race doesn't learn that hey, it was mistreated for so many years, and I didn't like that, so I'm not going to mistreat somebody else like that. 
It's always a tit for tat thing. You did this to me, so I'm going to do this to you. It's like mankind is a bunch of kids playing in the playground, and they just they just want to get even, you know. Uh, you threw sand in my face last week. I'm going to sit throw sand in your face this week, you know. And it's it's really a shame. It really is. But um, maybe it's one of those things that has to be. And I hate to say that because it makes it almost sound like like racism is is okay. But um, but maybe that's the one thing that's going to keep man from from becoming so blatantly arrogant that um, it will not be able to totally overcome God and become and, and allow mankind to become God himself, so to speak. And the silence was deafening. <laughs> no, no, that was sorry. I had my mic off. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> Did you say something? Did you, did you just say, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Do we still have yeah. Jim with us? Yeah, I, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I do have to go, but, um, you know, in backing up a little bit, in all the technologies of the possibilities, we don't really know the mechanics of it, and it could be several or any different ways that these things are being accomplished. But one thing we do know, they are going to be accomplished. And God is allowing a certain amount of it according to his plan. And we got to really see evil for what it is and get all on the same page as far as God's people are. And right now we're so divided by all kinds of things, not just race, but theology, uh, social position, um, um, you know, just especially Christians, even by doctrine, doctrinal differences. I mean, we got Christians that still think that the United Nations is actually a humanitarian effort to achieve global peace and harmony. You know what? Right. Uh, what is it going to take for you to have a wake-up call? Do we have to have uh, UN troops policing America during a time of a civil war or disruption or something so that you can see the atrocities that they would put on Americans, especially conservatives and Christians? Is that what it's going to take you, Christians, to wake up and, and uh, see reality? Well, you know what? Probably. And maybe that's why, if it does happen, that's the only reason it is happening, to get us unified. The body of Christ never achieves or accomplishes anything unless it's in unity. Right. This is biblical, and that has to happen. And it's we're not there. We're not there at all. Um, part of it even is innocently. Things are accelerating so fast. We can't even, as individuals or organizations or groups, even keep up with this if we aren't interconnected with one another. Um, my daughter goes to a church I think is fantastic, a church that I once was a part of fantastic place but information is happening so quick so fast any pastor of a, of a church can't possibly keep up with it if he's not interlinked and on the same page with his elders with the other leadership um they're not going to get the whole picture and neither one of these two churches that i mentioned are so as transparent as how together they are in christ and how um, together they are in so many different areas, my, like my daughter's church. They're sitting there promoting, you know, wear your mask, keep your six feet apart, you know, common sense, do this, do that. They're following all the directives of uh, um, World Health Organization and, um, and the CDC. Good God, do some study. Find out what the CDC is. They, believing them is like listening to Satan uh, himself. The right. Center for Disease Control. 
Do you notice they always have a little seal, a government seal, along with their CDC, making people think they're part of the official government. Right. They're not any more part of the official government than the Federal Reserve is. They are a center for disease control, which manufactures biological and virological weapons of warfare and sell it to the highest bidder indiscriminately. They don't care who or what, and sometimes they sell it to both sides of the uh, of enemies to make a profit. That is what they're all about. And you're going to believe anything they have to say? Yeah, you you think their name would be disease eradication or something like that. Uh, Well, yeah, yeah. You know, but (laughs) disease control, it's like, yeah, we're just, we got this stuff and we're controlling it. We make the stuff, we got the patent, we got the fix, and we'll just sell it to whoever we want because we are in control. It's part of Agenda 21. So, but the thing is that that even this, um, uh, what I think the Lord has shown me is a possibility. It's just a possibility. We have to just stay open and flexible. Don't get locked into one kind of thing. We have to be close to the Lord, stay loose-ended on things that haven't happened yet, be flexible to change or to you know adapt ourselves to the situations as they unfold. Um, this other thing that I was talking about, this idea of, uh, of the uh, five... 5G actually creates a corona-type virus, and it's very possible that as human antennas, if we're keeping six foot apart, we are creating a grid that is going to dissolve the electromagnetic field that causes us to stay in a layer. They don't need CERN to do it. Yeah, this it is a be, huh? this is a possibility. So, I mean, we have to stay open to all of these variables. We don't know exactly how it's going to happen. We need to be open for the fact that you know what, any one of the things that we've discussed tonight could be how it happens. So, don't lock yourself into one. Oh, that makes sense. That's got to be the way. To, no, we don't know yet. We just don't know. Unless you're a, uh, a particle physical therapist, uh, uh, physicist working for CERN, then you kind of got a clue and you probably do know. But none of us are. We're, we're grasping, you know, in our limited understanding as to what it is. And God isn't letting us completely know because he scattered all the little pieces of puzzle to all the different denominations, all the different isms and schisms to make us come together. That's the only way we're going to get the whole picture when we set aside our trivial doctrinal goofiness and realize that we're one and get on the same page. We're never motivated to do that until we're forced to do that. Well, How are we forced to do it? By the trials and tribulations. And so well, we're going to have to learn the hard way. But look at it, you know, it's it's it seems to be uh, an American and Western phenomena because the Christians in China are all in one purpose, you know, and they're all they're all suffering for him. The the Christians in the Middle East, you know, the Druze, no, the Jews aren't Christians, but, you know, the people that have seen the atrocities of ISIS and have come, come over to faith in Jesus, you know, are being persecuted and they're all of faith. It seems to be almost an American phenomena. With that, well, because you know, we haven't really been that persecuted yet. We're right. getting there, but right. you're right. That's, so that's that's going to be our motivation. I hate to say it. it you know, we we are no different than any other nation in the other world. And I think that's what you're saying, and I totally agree with you on that. We, uh-huh. We're going to have to learn the hard way, too. So, you know, maybe, now, you know, a lot of what the Lord's shown me are little snapshot shot pictures. You know, I know these events are going to happen. How they interact with other things and when that I don't know. 
and that not any one person is going to know. God has gathered all these things together to make us come together. When we're in unity, then we are an effective church. And until that unity comes, and so we're not going to be any different than any other nation. We just haven't had our wake-up shake-up yet, and we're on the verge of getting it. We're on it right now. So we just got to stay open and flexible. It had, you know, these things are yet to happen. So we can't get locked into just one idea or we're not going to see what is happening when it's happening in front of us. We're going to be just as lost as the rest of the world is. So we just have to stay tight with, with the Lord um, and know the times we're in and be patient and wait on him and be willing to be in unity with our brother and sister. We can't learn how to love each other in spite of our differences. How are we going to learn to love our enemies? And Gretchen uh, von Whitman is really working hard at making this apply in my life. You know, I, I was told to pray for her. Okay, fine. But like, I already signed an, uh, an impeachment. They have a, uh, yeah, we're doing the same thing out. here. Yeah. yeah. Impeachment. You know, and whether that's going to be an effect or not, but you know what? I'm morally obligated to do this. Lady, you are out of control. You are not paying attention. You got aspirations. And, and uh, again, it goes back to Daniel. Many will be flattered and compromise, and then others will know their God and be strong and do exploits. And, you know, if you look, I did a study on this because I heard a sermon from uh, Pastor Steve Upshur, and it really resonated with me, and I, I did a further study on it. He was talking about the fact that that is not, you know, hate is not the opposite of love. Fear is the opposite of love. Hate is just a manifestation of the fear. And you look at all the scriptures, why the world was judged. It was for their fear, fearfulness. It was the fearful, the fearful, the fearful. And it's consistent all throughout the scriptures. And I'm going, oh, my God, that's right. Because if you're fearful, you're not trusting God. If you're not trusting God, you're not believing God. You're not living by faith. And so you're going to compromise yourself because you're afraid. You're afraid to take a stand for the Lord because you don't really know the Lord. You don't know his plan. And so you become fearful. So the anger uh, and maybe the anger or the frustration is just a symptom, but the root is actually fear. Fear is the opposite of of um, of evil, not not hate. Right. That was a you know, wake up call for me. I, I just wow, you know that's so true. So when we find ourselves fearful, we got to really examine. Look, why am I fearful if God is in control? I don't know His plan, do I? I don't understand that he's in control. I can't trust him that everything's going to work out. I guess I maybe need to read the 19th chapter of Revelation over and over and over again until I finally get it that this is showing us that we win if we put our faith and trust in him. We win. Yeah. They lose. We're yeah. studying the effects of losers. I don't care how much tech they get. I don't care what they think they're going to do. Uh, this one uh, video, it was awesome. It uh, And it was a compilation of people that have come out and told the truth. Uh, it's like, you know, I was once this, but oh my gosh, now I see what where it's going. And, and you know, I'm I'm just exasperated by it. There's, there's a guy, um, let's see, Dr. Robert Epstein. He was a, uh, he voted for Hillary. He was uh, an avid uh, left-wing um you know, ultra-liberal Democrat, all the manipulation that Google was doing to throw the election and Facebook. 
he said, you know, look, I'm, I'm for a different belief system, but I am not for manipulation. He said, these people can actually come up with thousands of votes corrupting by using subliminal suggestions in voting and they're manipulating and it's been proven. He's got, he says, I've got all the proof. And I can present it to everyone. And he was doing this in front of a uh, Senate investigation with Ted Cruz when they were examining all of the uh, social, um, uh, what do you want to call it, the social, the whole social, uh, you know, the agendas of Facebook and all the others. They they had this big meeting, what, a couple of days ago, scrutinizing it. And he was saying that, you know, he's disgusted by it, that they're actually throwing the election and controlling and manipulating votes through their technology of uh, changing machines um, and manipulating people on a subliminal count, you know, uh, uh, mental ability of manipulating themselves through their um, public agendas, you know, uh, Facebook and, and Twitter and, and all these other things. And, uh, and Google, I mean, Google owns Facebook. I mean, Google owns uh, YouTube. Google is like an octopus. It's got it's it has got every, its tentacles in every search engine. Right. Every and ever since two years ago, since I got my uh, account closed down for hate speech, Google has sidetracked every search engine. I, I mean, I use uh, DuckDuckGo. I have to use a different email. Pro, uh, what is it? Pro. Proton mail, yeah. Proton mail. Um, I've had to use instead of um, I use a VPN, but I also have to use um, um, there's I used to use Firefox. Now I use Waterfox. Waterfox is something new that is off the Google's radar in combination with everything else. I mean, you got to get so elaborate to even get away from that octopus. It's virtually impossible. I know huh. for me, it, it makes it hard. I have to have other people go do searches for me on certain topics and subjects because I can't get a clear answer from anything. Um, and when I do, there was a time, you know, where you had told me something that was posted and, and uh, Jim, you need to get on a discussion. I go to the site. I could see it. I could see it, but I could never respond to it. I right. see a little continually forever just fooling around and I was never allowed to make a comment. So, I mean, this is manipulation, you know, cyber manipulation. Uh, it's there. I'm not some paranoid or anything. I'm just saying that, you know, this is a result. It's happening to more and more people now. And they're beginning to realize how technically manipulative they can be. But then again, we don't, we're still studying the efforts of losers. Somehow we're able to overcome all of this. So the things in the future, we just, there's so many different technologies that can be used against us. The bottom line is they're not going to be effective. They're not going to work. But how they're going to happen, we just got to stay loose-ended. We just got to be open and tight with the Lord, but open for a lot of variables that possibly could be. And you know what? It could be all of, all of them above working in combination with each other. Who knows? Exactly. So there's a there's a noise in the background like somebody's plunging a toilet. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't know if anybody else can hear it. <laughs> no. Nope. Okay, that's weird. I can always edit it out anyway. There's no big deal, but it's kind of funny actually. <laughs> I, sometimes my computer will make a hum. Did it stop? No, this is like. 
like that. So, <laughs> so anyway, Weird. it's gone. Yeah. I don't know. I can edit that out. Uh, that's you no know, problem. No, my my computer sometimes will go weren't 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 like that, and I just tapped it, and it quit quit doing it. That was probably my computer. Oh, it's okay. See, I don't. Okay, it so likes like, to be noisy. I don't know. I noticed that it was at a minute or an hour and forty five minutes, so I. I can go back there and, and find it and then uh, copy it and then erase every vestige of it in the, in the broadcast. Broadcast, excuse me. I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> By the well, way, um, I, I got a long day. I mean, I'm going to have to get uh, going. Hey, look at that. I made it almost to 1130 anyway, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you got 12 minutes short. But um, uh, yeah, okay, Jim. Well, we'll see you next time. All right, and, guys. Good, and, uh, good. But uh, Brian, stay on. We'll Brian and I will okay. talk for another ten or twelve minutes. And, okay. And, See you, uh, Jim. Talk to you later. All right. God bless you guys. God bless Bye you, guys. Jim. All right. Good night. <laughs> okay. Good night. Good night, everybody. Love you. Love you too. All right. So Brian, that was pretty interesting. I think the only thing we didn't get into was uh, the uh, the engines, the uh, propulsion that they're using. And I don't know if either one of us is an expert on that, but um, I know that you you said in um, the uh, the last time we talked, well, last Monday, is that they have the ability to travel 186,000 miles an hour or something like that. And um, yeah, I actually, I I, I did uh, research again today just to make sure I was accurate, and they have a well, the Voyager. One of our first probes we sent out in the solar system uh, could travel around 30,000 miles an hour. Right. The shuttle about 17,000 miles an hour ish, uh-huh. and to break Earth, a break to break Earth's orbit to get to the Moon or Mars is 24,000 miles an hour. Right. And we have we have engines that can do all that, but uh-huh. we have a a, um, a um, satellite they sent. I think it was to Jupiter, I think it was Juno. Uh, uh-huh. No, what was it? Wasn't Juno. They sent it to Mars. It can do 250,000 kilometers an hour. That's amazing. Which, uh, so which is what? Uh, 125,000 miles an hour. And wow. then they sent one to um, to Jupiter. I don't know what the date was, but they sent one to Jupiter, and it does 700,000 kilometers an hour. That's amazing. So, so, but but no man ship can go that fast yet because of just you know a life support and things like that. Right. And then and then the the technology is is was amazing how it's just increasing. Um, I mean we talk about warp drive like in is it Star Trek? They're right. actually working on warp drive, huh. and they're working on nuclear powered rockets, and then on. Uh, Oh gosh, what's the? Oh, I can't remember the technology, the terminology for it. It's another type of rocket, but the warp drive is in theory only. Uh-huh. But there's seriously, I think in 2019, they seriously are taking a look at it. And basically, what you do is they realize that space is moving itself. Right. And there's gravity waves in space, like ocean waves in the ocean. So they're trying to create an engine that can ride these waves in space that you can't see. 
we cannot see. And basically, uh-huh. it's like a it's like a surfer riding a wave on in the ocean. The wave is moving, but the surfer is r- actually riding the wave, which the wave is moving the surfer. Right. So it's yeah, it's the same concept. And and what I've read and researched, it's not far fetched. Huh. That scientists used to think, no, 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 we can't do that, but they think they can do it. It's just going to take a lot of money and a lot of time, and they're thinking they'll have it in this century, which is another 80 years. Right. And basically, you'll be able to go faster than the speed of light if you wow, can do that's this. Wow, amazing. It, it'd be basically like you see in the Star Trek and the movies. You you would ride, you would, because space doesn't change. The stars say where the stars are stationary and they stay where they're going to stay. The uh-huh. planets orbit orbit the suns out there in the stars and they're where they are. So space is pretty much mapped out. So they just have to pick a point to go to, like Alpha Centauri, uh, right. which is four and a half lights away. They know where it's at in the sky. They know exactly what the you know what the coordinates are to get there, and they set it in this ship. And if they can ride these waves, it would get them there faster than the speed of light. Oh, that's pretty so, interesting. Yeah, much faster. And then wow. they have these. Then they, before this happens, which is probably going to happen in the next ten years, I think they're called. Oh gosh, what's the term terminology? Proton neutrons. No. Yeah, that's it. Proton uh-huh. engines that will be able to send somebody to Mars in 10 to 20 minutes. Oh, my goodness. They, yeah. Maybe right now they're thinking 30 to 40 days. They uh-huh. could probably do that within the near future because at 350,000 miles an hour for a satellite, that gets there pretty quick. Yeah. And um, I did the calculation today. Mars is... The closest to Earth is 34 million miles. The farthest away is 250 million. Right. Uh-huh. So just depends when they do it. But they're going to do this. This uh-huh. this stuff is not fiction anymore. And it's and I think they've already done a lot of this stuff. I think a lot of the stuff we're seeing on the internet is some of it is stuff that people have found. Right. Or telling us about, and other stuff is being fed to us. Right. So, uh, I think we've already done this stuff. I think we. Ha- I know. I thought I would say this, but I think we have uh, craft now that are probably. I think we have Mars bases oh, and I do too. Uh, moon bases. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I know people might think I'm crazy. I used to think this stuff was crazy 20 years ago, but I don't anymore because of the way technology is just increasing. And one of the things I read today, which I, I couldn't believe I read it, um, and I'll make this short because I know we're running out of time, Dave. Uh-huh. Um, the Pentagon has uh, here's what the this is what the article says. It says Pentagon has off-world vehicles not made on the Earth, huh. and it's in Popular Mechanics magazine. Really, the latest issue? I saw it. Yeah, I saw it on YouTube. And the guy on YouTube is named Lou Later, L-E-W-L-A-T-E-R, and that's his YouTube channel. And it's Popular Mechanics. He showed the article on YouTube. Popular Mechanics. Pentagon has off-world vehicles not made on the Earth. So um, it doesn't surprise me. I I know on Tucker Carlson tonight, 
he's had several segments about UFOs. He just had one a few days ago again. Right. And as I mentioned, I think last week, more information about this is coming out. Uh-huh. And I think, this is, I think this is all set up to when the Lord finally comes back and everything is set up and he, and we're, you know, we're, we're gone and all that's happening that there's going to have to be a lie told to everybody about what in the heck has happened to the world. We're, what's going on? Exactly. And, and so that lie has to have some kind of weight to it. Mm-hmm. And I think this, the Nephilim, UFOs, the man-made and alien-made, which are, I think are Nephilim hybrids. Right. Um, all this is for the lie. Right. It's for the lie. Uh-huh. And um, because during the tribulation, um, it's it's about God bringing out his judgment and wrath upon the earth. Right. And you don't really see alien. You see, you do see some uh, definitely demonic activity uh, for sure. But it's pretty much God is orchestrating everything from his throne. Right. And right. Right. in chapter six, especially. And where it's where it starts. So um I'm just shocked about all the just what I'm reading more and more. I think you mentioned earlier in the program, Dave, how it or maybe it was Jim, how it's hard to keep up with everything going on. Oh yeah. Yeah, the minute you, you know, think you and, know it all, there there's fifteen things yeah. that come out to yeah, exactly. And um, you know we're talking about Oh, real quick, the mind control and all this yeah. stuff, I think that's why it says, I think it's in Peter or Timothy, be sober-minded in the last days. Exactly. Knowing the word of God is for your life, being full of the word because of all this stuff thrown at us. Well, we know, you know, Yeshua told us in Matthew and in Luke that when he comes back, it's going to be like the days of Noah. And knowing that, I what I did is I, I got a copy of the book of Enoch, and I read that. And when you read about how the angels came down and gave technologies to men. You know, um, it's exactly what's happening now. You know, 1947 in Roswell wasn't a surprise to me because what they did is they brought down technology. Yeah, they brought it down maybe in a wrecked UFO or whatever. But, um, you know, man was able to backward engineer it. And, of course, with the, with the help of the uh, with the um, fallen angels, you know, the greys and whoever else is involved in this. But... Um, and if man, some of the things uh, it, uh, in Enoch it mentions uh, genetic manipulation. It actually says that uh, that uh, mankind back then was was um, melding animals together, one species with another. You know, and look what's happening today. The same thing. Uh, if you read Luke, right. yeah. If, if you read Luke, it says. Um, it says that uh, men were marrying and given in marriage. Well, if you know Jewish law, men are never given in marriage. Women are. So what is that describing? That's describing homosexuality when men are given yeah, in marriage. You know, and, and man, that, that book was just so revealing to me, uh, reading that, the book of Enoch. It was like, this fills in all the gaps. You know, it fills in the, who the Nephilim were, how they got here, what they were. Um in the whole nine yards, and it just uh, it just tied the knot together. And I'm not trying to say that it's canon or anything else, but it's it's like reading Josephus. It's a it's a history book that kind of shows you what went on back in that time, and um, and, and it fills in the gaps and explains things. So 
Um, these these crazy things that we're seeing, these these new technologies, do not surprise me. Um, there was a time when I thought that warp engines would never exist, but hey, who knows? Um, it's it is possible now. You know, it's proton engines. Who would have thought they would have existed? You know, um, and and things like that, and getting to Mars in just a, a day or two. You know. Um, nobody would have even imagined that in, in their wildest dreams 30 or 40 years ago, but, uh, now yeah. it's, it's coming to be true. And, um, but, uh, you know, I often wondered, and maybe we could do a study into this. You and I, it talks about it in the end times that the stars are going to fall from the skies like figs falling to the earth. And it's mm-hmm. really, it's a really weird, um, expression because when figs fall, yes, they do make a thud. But if stars are going to fall, you know, um, is it going to really, you know, a star falling from the sky is going to make one heck of an impact on the Earth. And it's not going to be like a small thud falling on the Earth. Um, could that be the uh, satellite system that Elon Musk is putting up there? Are those are things that are going to fall to the Earth at that time? Is it actually fallen angels that are going to fall to the Earth at that time? So it's it's, it's a really interesting um observation and, and uh, make a real interesting study um, to yeah. see exactly what that means, you know, in, in the heat, well, actually it would have been Greek, but, um, you know, just to see what the words are for that and to kind of get something out of that and to read what other people have written about it also, too. So, um, yeah, we have gone a little over, but that's okay. Um, we have three hours, but we usually keep it to two. Um, so, anyway, Brian, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's been, man, what a blessing having you on the show. <laughs> it really is. It's, oh, I really appreciate you having me, and I'm oh. just glad I, hopefully I can have some good input. Oh, you do, so. you do. We were listening, we've listened um, to the show, you know, while we're driving and stuff, going to Eugene or up to Salem or something. And, uh, yes, you definitely are a, a major addition. <laughs> and uh, and the things that uh, your experiences and the, and the knowledge that you have are, are, are incredible. And, and um, I hope that you realize how much you're appreciated because you really are. Um, next week, we're going to have Jonathan Gray. I hope you can make it. If you have questions about uh, ancient discoveries, I think you were talking about that earlier, about batteries that were found and stuff. Uh, Jonathan, yeah. if you go to his website, it's called beyondus.com. Um, you can okay. read about some of the stuff that he has in his book. And uh, some of the discoveries that they've made, and uh, we're gonna real, you're gonna realize that, and anybody that goes there is gonna realize that uh, mankind wasn't stupid back in the beginning. Uh, that after the yeah. flood, a lot of technology was brought over by uh, by Noah's sons. I don't think Noah would have been that interested in it because he saw what happened from it. But I think his sons mm-hmm. brought a lot of uh, stuff over, and uh, you know, we're talking maybe nu- a nuclear war sometime after the flood. And then some other things. And um, so uh, think about questions to ask him and uh, uh, we will just uh, we'll go from there. But uh, very interesting uh, man from New Zealand, uh, an archaeologist that worked with Ron Wyatt, who found the uh, Ark of the Covenant, actually. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of I mean, you you could ask him anything about ancient discoveries and and things that exist today that uh, are still there, but kind of hidden. So. Anyway, yeah. I, I won't keep you any longer. And um, uh, so uh, just have a blessed week, Brian, until we meet again next next Monday or even before if we talk on the phone or something. And um, 
in our prayers uh, for you and your family. And uh, and we just uh, hope that you you have a wonderful week and uh, and are blessed at work and at home in Jesus in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome, Brian. Thank you, and uh, and have have a blessed week. And uh, we'll talk with you real soon. Okay. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bye, Bye, audience. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Bye, everybody.